As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Three, two, one, zero. Hello. Welcome to... Episode 214. Bob from Aspen. Hey Money Clan, a very warm welcome to the Chain of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Walsh. So Kate's riveting conversation we had with Bob Fraser today, all about residential mortgage notes. All I can say is my eyes were so big this entire conversation. And I admit I was pretty quiet because I was just taking it all in. It was a big learning conversation for me. Yeah, so for anyone that doesn't know, a residential mortgage note is kind of just like a mortgage, right? So it's looking at it from the perspective of the bank and whoever owns the debt and you're able to buy and sell these notes, which is quite an interesting thing if you think about it. You can buy and sell someone else's mortgage while they still have it and they'll just keep paying whoever owns the notes. It is definitely a different kind of scenario. But very worthwhile to know. Yeah. And in today's episode, we really do a deep dive with Bob and he explains all about that and a lot more. So just before we jump into today's show, we'd love to know how your week is currently going. Hit us up on Instagram. It's at Chain of Wealth on Instagram. Let us know. And Kate? I'm ready to dive in. Fantastic. Let's do it. <laughs> Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Bob Fraser is on a mission to help investors take advantage of one of the most effective and overlooked avenues of real estate investing residential mortgage notes. As a founder and principal of Aspen Funds, Bob has purchased more than 1,000 mortgage notes, earning double-digit annual returns without the risk and volatility of traditional investing options. Welcome, Welcome Bob. Bob. Hey, great to be here, guys. Yeah, so Bob, we talked a little bit about you before the show, but I wanted to ask a quick little brief introduction for all of our listeners. 
Yeah, well, I started as a computer scientist, worked as a programmer for many years, and then in the late 90s, started a tech business, and uh, we caught the wave, uh, raised $44 million in venture capital, and grew up, you know, to about 300 employees, had a crazy growth rate. You know, we were we were doubling every three to four months in revenues. Wow. And um, I ended up winning the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award in 2000. It was kind of a, a big deal. And then, then got caught in the crash, the dot-com crash. We didn't get our IPO out fast enough and learned a ton of lessons in that whole scene um, and really got a got a financial education, and then became a professional trader for a while, stock stock trading, trading portfolios, very successful doing that, and started a hedge fund um, in 2008, which turns out to be just the wrong time, and uh, <laughs> lost everything again. So the stock market has kind of been my bane. And um, in 2012, I met my current partner, and we started in real estate notes, and he also lost everything in two real estate crashes. So we're both, you know, kind of uh, coming off that experience and wanting to do something that is really, you know, didn't have the same risk profile as the stock market, which really it, you just don't control any of it. And, uh, you know, uh, so wanted, we thought there was an opportunity to do something much more, much better and much, much safer. Right. So residential mortgage notes, what exactly is that for anyone that doesn't know? I just, can I just jump in there? Because I'm really glad that you asked that because I was thinking, I'm not 100% sure I know what a residential mortgage note is. (laughs) You probably, you probably uh, pay one every month. But uh, so when you buy a house, you take a loan. That is a residential mortgage note. And uh, what happens is the banks sell these. You probably got a notice in the mail from time to time says, well, don't send your money here, send it there. Mm -hmm. And that's because that note was purchased by someone else. And all the fine print uh, goes with the new buyer. And that's exactly what we do. We buy mortgage notes. So it's very similar to owning real estate. I, I was actually a landlord for a while. And you know, I'm I'm allergic to rental real estate. Um, I just had such a bad experience, and uh, I love being a lean lord. So I'm I buy these notes from banks and hedge funds and other financial parties, and I collect mortgage payments every month, just like some people collect rent, and I send those to my investors. So it's it's far it's far more scalable. It's far more. Uh, you know, in when is the last time you called your banker because you had a plumbing issue or a roof leak? You know, um, so it's just it's just much less work and much higher yields if if you if you do what we're doing. Right. So um, it sounds a little bit similar to um, what happened in two thousand eight with a whole bunch of you know the big investment firms buying and selling these mortgage backed securities, and they would collateralize them and do a whole bunch and make like a big pool and stuff. So is what you're doing a little bit similar to that in some respects? Or are you more on a um, only certain types of notes you invest in? Like, how does it sort of work from your end? Yeah, we buy all of our notes individually. So what they were doing was, you know, the people who were originating those notes were not holding them. So there was a huge amount of risk there. And then they managed to manage to get them rated very highly, uh, which was which was basically through, you know, a little 
little financial wizardry uh, that was not true. And um, so that, that was, it's really very different. What we do is we buy uh, mortgages, uh, for example, troubled debt restructures. So this is where, this is where, for instance, um, a person may, uh, they get a loan, they have trouble paying that loan. Uh, they work with their bank and they modify that loan, changing the terms, this kind of thing. Then what happens, it sits on the bank's balance sheet for a while, they collect those payments, but it is always a bad loan from them. Even if they're paying, even if it's a good property, it's still a bad loan. And they'll sell those at deep discounts where we buy average about 50% discounts. So, you know, I, you know, I'll give you an example of a note we buy. It's a, about a $100,000 uh, property in upstate New York. So it's a little tiny house. Upstate New York, worth about a hundred thousand. He owes about a hundred thousand on it as a as a loan for about a hundred thousand. He pays. It's a seven percent loan, so he pays you know four hundred and something dollars a month to us. But we only paid fifty thousand for that note. So how do I how am I going to lose money on that? It's going to be very very difficult. Even if he stopped paying me, you know, and I have to foreclose, you know, I'm going to end up clearing seventy five thousand. So. The bottom line is I'm getting $400 a month every month, but because I only paid 50000 for that note, it's not 7% yield. It's actually a 14% yield to me. And because if he refinances or sells the house, I actually get paid 100000 not 50000 So I actually make, I double my money in that case. It's kind of a perfect little investment is what it is. So um, in your scenario, what happens to the other 50,000? Like surely someone bore the brunt of um, that loss. Absolutely. So the bank sells it when they're, you know, the bank is the bank that's, that originated it took the loss. So generally all these loans are written down by the banks. Um, all these loans, that's exactly right. So they, they wrote it down. Banks are actually penalized for having too many of these kind of loans on their books. So they just get rid of them after a while. And they, they sell them off to, to folks like me. So how risky are these kind of investments? Well, it's real estate. So what's the risk, you know, that that house could go down in value? Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a couple risks. One is that housing prices go down again. And the other is that, you know, the borrowers stop paying. But as I just pointed out, if the borrower stops paying, I actually make more money than if he did pay me because as long as that house holds its value or, or even a little bit. The other risk is if that house goes down in value and let's say it drops 35% of its value like, like what happened in 2008, well, that means the house is now worth $65,000. Well, I still only paid 50 for my note. So the bottom line is, you know, that's why we love this. It's kind of bulletproof. Um, I mean, there's no guarantees. Nothing is risk-free, but it's a pretty good risk-reward scenario. And it's, it's a very inefficient market, these kind of notes, and we, we're able to buy them at just really very good yields. We do have an expertise in working with borrowers that are having, having trouble. So it is a core expertise of ours. We're actually very busy. A lot of our loans are a lot of work, but we don't mind doing the work. Whereas the banks are, are literally don't really want to do that kind of work. So we earn the, you know, we earn it, but it's not super risky. Here's the other reality. 
okay, so this guy is paying $400 a month P&I payment, principal and interest on this ad insurance, taxes and insurance. I think it's about $550. But the rent on that property is about $800. So where is he going? I mean, if he says, hey, take this property, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to end up paying more in rent. So it's actually a better deal for him. And one of the key metrics we use when underwriting is paying attention to the uh, loan payment versus equivalent rent. So again, we're store buying stuff that is very, you know, very sticky generally. So from what I'm understanding, I just want to recap quickly because all of this is new to me. So it's a relatively safe investment class because there's not as much of a fluctuation as there are in other types of investing for real estate, correct? That's right. It, it's a real estate. It's a piece of property. It's a single family home. And, you know, that can fluctuate. But, right. you know, again, I'm, I'm the bank. Um, so, I mean, you realize during the financial crisis, do you know what percentage of mortgages, uh, what the delinquency rate was in mortgages at the peak? I don't know the exact number, but I do remember driving around town and seeing a lot of foreclosure <laughs> foreclosure signs. About five percent. So even if I wrote off five percent, I'm still I'm still actually you know I'm still making good money, but I'm not writing off five percent. My default rate is actually around two or three percent, but my recovery rate is actually positive, meaning that if they default, I actually mm -hmm. make more money. It's oh, wow. actually you know. I actually, I'm able to fully recover my losses. Is that because of like PMI that kicks in and then they settle the loan or how do you do that? Well, for example, $100,000 house, I paid $50,000 for it. If I end up having to foreclose, which I hope I never do, but we end up having to do it once in a while. I sell the house for, you know, $85,000 and, you know, my net, Maybe my net takeaway is $80,000. Well, again, I only paid fifty dollars for the note. So I actually make a $30,000 profit. Right. Cool. So like, how much money do you typically need to invest in this kind of an investment class? Well, you, you probably want to buy more than one note. So you probably need a few hundred thousand dollars minimum to, right. to buy these notes. And, you know, of course, depends on the on the property and depends on you know, whether you're going first first liens or second liens. Cool. And uh, your fund exactly, Aspen Funds, how do you uh, help investors sort of invest in real estate and stuff? Yeah, well, we, we, have, a, we have an income fund um, that's been open-ended fund. It's been operating for eight years and uh, we buy, we pool the money, we buy these mortgages and we pass, uh, pass the... Uh, the earnings back to investors uh, paying uh, 8.5% per year, and we send a check monthly, cash. And in addition, a portion of the profits above the preferred return is also returning. It ends up being another half a percent or to a percent. So it's very high, very high, high return. Um, you know, I, 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 so we started this eight years ago, and I had, a, I had a friend who knew of my experience in the stock market, and he came into a settlement. And he was trying to earn income and raise money for it to pay for his family. And he said, Bob, you you know a lot about the stock market. What can I buy, you know, to earn income? I want to make a living off that. And I looked at him and I said, good luck, buddy. You know, I mean, 
you know, if you're out there shopping for income investments in the public markets, it's just, there's nothing good. And, um, and I thought, you know, I mean, for, for example, popular investment is EQR, which is a real estate REIT, 3.5% return. But, you know, in, since 2000, it's had seven drops of 20% or more. And two of, of those were 50% or more. Can you imagine you lose half your money in order to get a 3.5% return? That's the kind of stuff that just gives people heart attacks. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, I could put together, knowing what I know in the mortgage industry, I could put together a fund that would solve his problems. And we, that's exactly what we did. And he became our first investor. Yeah, so a really interesting, um, you know, space out there. And like you said, the nice thing is with real estate is that it is a physical property. And, you know, like at the end of the day, people always need somewhere to live. So That's exactly right. Long term, it's, it's definitely not a bad asset class to hold. That's right. So I've got another question for you. And one of the uh, podcasts, Booker, like just chatted to us a little bit and they gave us some information about you. And I believe you're... Um, you believe that, you know, there's a huge like anti-dollar crowd right now. Um, I'd, I'd just like to get your thoughts on that and like why you think um, they're crazy as such. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it it's, seems to be there's just a lot of money being made in dollar, dollar crash protection kits, I think, you know, and, you know, the gold crowd and other, other crowd. But people are are just really, you know, thinking that the dollar is going to crash and, so I've done several, I, I've published economic newsletters for several years, but, you know, the dollar, I actually said in 2013, the dollar is going to be one of the strongest currencies in the world for the next 20 years. And, uh, you know, so I, I think you don't, you don't really want to bet against America. You don't really want to bet against, against the economy. And, um, you know, the dollar is still the world's strongest economy. You look in, in the, in the Euro land, they're offering negative interest rates. So a lot of money is going from Europe to America. You look at the Euro, they're very, very easy money policies. They're printing more currencies. Same with the, the Chinese yuan. Um, so, so the dollar is, is going to be very strong currency. And I don't think people should be worrying about that. And, uh, you know, generally I think fear is a bad idea you know, for your, yeah. for your pocketbook. You yeah, know. definitely. So, um, what are your thoughts then about, you know, the, the whole concept right now that everyone seems to be on that the next recession's coming, the next recession's coming, the next recession's coming. Everyone is sort of like heebie-jeebies in the stock markets that are almost back to an all-time high. And, you know, like a lot of people are naysayers at the moment. So. I know. I know. And I just, I just published my latest economic roundup and, um, you know, which we can give to your, to your listeners in the show notes um, if they're interested but there is not going to be a recession in the next two to three years. And I base that opinion on, you know, research I've done um, in a few areas. But if you look at, for example, the unemployment rate is hitting record lows. What's not being published is the fact that uh, the unemployment rate is hitting record lows, both in Africa, amongst African-Americans, literally all time low, 50 year lows and Hispanics. Well, this means people are going back to work. Well, people that are going back to work are generally going to start spending money. They're going to buy a car. They're going to buy a new coat. They're going to go out to eat. Um, and 70% of the economy is consumer spending. 
So if the consumers have money, and number two, they're optimistic, which they are, that's a record optimism right now, they're going to be spending money. And I, I look at not just the headline unemployment, but broader unemployment measures, because they're really the ones that tell whether people are having money and they're spending money. And they're all very, very strong. Bottom line is when you have consumer optimism like this and you have you have unemployment rate hitting the lows, it's, it's having, you know, the economy is going to be strong. Now, the economy and the stock market are two different things, right? You know, I think the stock market has limited upside from here. But I also think it has limited downside. I think it's going to be very volatile. Yeah, definitely an interesting space. And, you know, I couldn't back you more about consumer confidence right now. Like, it, it, I've been watching the latest um, earnings on this last week, and I saw that uh, Chase reported. And uh, they had a really, really good quarter. And they were just saying that, you know, people are spending money. They're making money, and they're spending money, and they feel they good. So yeah. it, 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 it's definitely a testament to you know, how confident people are right now. And, you know, now with the holidays coming up as well, like, you know, there goes some more spending. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is time to be to be optimistic. It's time to be in the be in the game, you know. Again, the stock market, you know, one of the things I did is is I, I tracked, you know, the stock market looking at PE ratios and what was the future earnings at for every month of history. If you'd have bought it that month, what was the 10-year earnings and uh, by P.E. ratio? Well, as you might imagine, the higher the P.E. ratio, you know, the more, exp more expensive the stock market is, in other words, the less likely you're going to make money. Right. And at, at today's P.E. ratio, you can be expected to earn about 2% per year for the next 10 years in the stock market if history is any indication, which I believe it is. But... You know, so bottom line is I don't believe it has it has a lot of upside, but also I don't believe it has a lot of downside. If you look at, you know, why is the stock market going up? Well, the one of the biggest purchasers in the stock market right now, in fact, the biggest purchaser in the stock market is stock buybacks. And so it's companies buying their own shares and they're buying billions and billions of dollars worth of shares. Well, the last thing you want to be doing is betting on the market going down when you've got the 800-pound gorilla buying shares. So and and uh you know, so it's just not something you want to be you want to be betting against the market. But uh, I'm also not not going to be, you know, putting a lot of money in the stock market. Yeah, definitely makes sense. So going back to um, mortgage notes, um, I wanted to ask, like, how liquid are they? So say, for example, um, someone listening to this podcast has got 50k laying around and they want to buy some mortgage notes. Um, they put the money down. Like, how easy is it to sort of get the money back? Do you sort of have to wait until something happens, or could, how can you quite easily sell it to someone else? There are a number of exchanges that are out there that that allow you some liquidity. Um, so you could you should probably think of it like a home, uh, like a house. You know, it's it's some work to sell it, and um, you know, you may be sitting on it for a while. What we do, because we have hundreds of notes in our fund, we end up having about uh, about eight to ten percent of those notes pay off every year. So literally, someone sells their house or refinances. So there's kind of a natural a natural liquidity. They self liquidate. You follow me, but you never know when. Right. So it's like your house suddenly sells itself one day, but you never know when it's going to sell itself. You know, yeah. that's kind of the way it is. But it's good for us because we have. Because we have so many notes, 
we allow our investors to get their money back on a quarterly basis. So it, it, it affords us an internal liquidity uh, that we can pass on to our investors. Um, so, yeah, I think if it's a, it's a really great deal, you know, then you go shopping again. We go shopping every quarter um, for more notes, you know, uh, you know, take that cash and redeploy it. Makes sense. So someone that does invest with you, it's obviously like your fund that purchases all of these notes, correct? Right. So they're effectively buying a pool of notes. That's right. Right. So yeah, even if like one or two are liquidating, it's not the, like the end of the world as such. You don't have to go refinance it or go get a new note immediately because you've got a whole pool of stuff that's still in the game. Correct. And, and generally, see, I look forward to those liquidations because each is a profit, um, you know, because I bought it at a discount. Well, when I get paid off, I recover all the discount. So if I bought a note for, you know, $100,000 note for $50,000 and he he refinances, I get paid $100,000. So it's a, it's a profit. It's a, it's high five time. And then we, you know, go shopping with a hundred thousand instead of 50. Makes sense. Um, Bob, just before we dive right into the value link round, do you want to give a 30 second elevator pitch for Aspen funds? Well, sure. We have a growth fund and, uh, and an income fund. The growth fund is using a different strategy of distressed residential mortgage debt and creates outsized returns. And the income fund is an evergreen fund. It has been operating for seven years, pays pays eight and a half percent returns cash uh, on a monthly basis and and offers investors liquidity. And all of this without volatility and uh, without the the you know the heart attack of the stock market. I love it. Money clan, we're just gonna take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. Kate, art only used to be available to people that were uber, uber wealthy rich. You used to think of people with their, you know, like they made millions off the stock market and then they invest in art. But our sponsor today, Masterworks, allows people to invest in art that aren't at that point yet. Well, and you know what I really love about Masterworks then is that it's for regular people, but they only require $1,000 to put in to start their investing. And at $20 a share, that gives you 500 shares worth of art to be diversifying your portfolio. Yeah, and I love that they're registered with the SEC as well. So, you know, it's a safe investment. They've personally done a ton of work. They've got over 27 employees. So not just a fly-by-night startup. This is definitely a company that's set up and ready to help you make your investment in art. We always talk about the importance of diversifying a chain of wealth. And this is just another investment class that you can invest your money in. And Kate, what I really like about it is that it becomes so much more affordable and easy. And you don't have to have that significant barrier of money to actually enter this market. Yeah, dang. So where can we go to invest in this? I'm so glad you asked. So you can head on over to chainofwealth.com forward slash art. If you use that link, that's chainofwealth.com forward slash art. You can bypass the wait list of over 17,000 people and you can sign up today. So definitely check that link out, chainofwealth.com forward slash art. Okay, Bob. So we're curious to know what your savings or retirement plan looks like. My savings and retirement plan. Um, I imagine not in the stock market too much. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not. You know, I'm actually I'm actually a fan of the uh, the insurance companies. You know, and the using whole life policies and the infinite banking concept. I actually 
if you're familiar with that at all, but uh, I do that. And also heavily investing in my own business is really my retirement plan. Love it. So what is that infinite banking uh, thing that you spoke about? The infinite banking concept is very, very cool. It's the idea of using a whole life policy with cash value um, from a mutual a mutual insurance company. And what they do, not only do you get life insurance with these, but they're also a savings and investment account. And what you do is you you can borrow from this from the cash value of this account. Um, so let's say you over five years you pay in, you know, twenty-five thousand dollars worth of premiums. Well, you can borrow back $25,000 and you can do it, in essence, borrow from yourself. And the idea is if you go buy a car, you borrow the money from yourself, you pay yourself the monthly payment for your car back into your insurance policy. And so it's a way to collect interest rather than pay it. So it's a very good deal. Plus, it has the whole life insurance component. So I'm not, I don't sell that stuff. I'm not an insurance agent. Right. I'm just a user of it, but they're they're just fantastic plans, and with real solid investment. You know, a lot of commercial real estate is in these these companies, and they generally pay you know four four to five percent, uh, which is not bad in today's world. Yeah, definitely, I'll have to check it out. So, do you have a favorite book that you're into? Favorite book? Oh my gosh, I just uh, just finished Snowball by uh, uh, the Warren Warren Buffett. Um, um, biography that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, so definitely, everybody should should read about Warren Buffett. <laughs> and that was called Snowball. The snowball, snowball, yes. Awesome. So, do you have a favorite quote that you try to live by? Okay, here it is. You ready? I'm ready. A good plan, violently executed now, is better than a perfect plan executed next week. George Patton. <laughs> Bob, we've absolutely loved hanging out today. Do you have the last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, don't don't ever listen to fear. Move forward in your dreams and uh, and learn from learn from your mistakes and advance every day. So appreciate being here with you guys. It's been amazing. Love the podcast. Love it. Well, thank you so much, and we're so glad that you were able to swing by and uh, tell us all about Aspen Fun. My pleasure. Thanks, Bob. Money Clan, we've been hanging out with Bob Fraser. You can check out his website. It's aspenfunds.us. And definitely check it out and figure out if these residential mortgage notes are for you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.